Hey guys, welcome to Fringe and Flourish, and I'm your host, Laura Magruder. Today I am joined by my friend Jillian Murphy, and we are going to be talking about overcoming hardships, especially as a business owner. Jillian has experienced more hardships than anyone I've ever met uh, back to back. And I just really want to hear how she has, you know, persisted through everything. And, you know, sometimes hardships are beyond our wildest imagination. And I'm just really honored to have Jillian here and share her perspective. So, uh, you know, Jillian, we have been working in the same building for almost three years now. We used to work next door to each other. She's uh, also a hairstylist. And uh, Jillian has been, you know, it's uh, April 17th today that we're doing this recording. And she's been out of work almost the entire uh, first you know, four months of 2020 because of all the shit that she's had going on. So, uh, you know, Jillian, kind of tell us a little bit about what you've had going on in your life. I mean, I, you know, I know it's not, uh, it's not a light hearted subject. So, you know, just I'm preparing everyone for that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I feel super, super pumped being on, um, the hardships shit. So this year started out January 11th. Well, January itself was going to be phenomenal. You know, it's my daughter's birthday. She's going to be 11. We're going to go to Disney. I had my husband. Uh, you know, we were best friends, soulmates, you name it. Um, business partners, just each other's rock. Like, we had it figured the fuck out. And he and my daughter, you know, first part of the year, they competed in their jiu-jitsu tournament. Did great. Super proud of them about that. Then the next week we were going to go, you know, to Disney to celebrate. The day before um, we went to Disney, uh, Joe, my husband, and my daughter Ireland were on their way to jujitsu on January 11th when um, some piece of fucking shit <laughs> fell asleep at the wheel and um, collided with my husband and my daughter in the car, my husband being who he is, uh, took the total impact. So Ireland wouldn't be hurt as bad. And unfortunately, uh, that killed them. Um, so that has been a real, real fucked up thing because, you know, we got together when I was 19, 19, I'm 31 now. And, uh, I mean, you guys grew up together. We did. We completely grew up together. Yeah. We faced all the obstacles and, um, and we fucking fought through it. We fought for love. We fought for our beliefs. We fought for the future and we loved hard as hell. And, uh, that was the worst day of my life. Um, that morning I was, I just had pulled up to work and, uh, Earlier, we, five minutes earlier, we got off the phone about talking about getting Mucinex before we headed to Florida. And uh, I had a weird feeling in my stomach, and um, which Joe and I have always had this weird twin connection with shit. So at 8.57 in the morning, I texted him, and I said, baby, are you okay? 
And he gave me no reason otherwise to think that. And uh, that was his time of death um, on the police report. And then immediately I got a phone call from a random number. And normally I don't answer. So I did. And it was some lady saying, hey, uh, you don't know me. Um, but there's been an accident involving your husband and your daughter. Your daughter's hurt. I said, is she okay? And she said, uh, yeah, she's okay. Uh, she's just hurting. And, and I said, what about my husband? And nobody gave me any fucking answers about, you know, Joe's, on Joe's behalf. And I was just like you freaking know. out. So I, I, yeah, I knew, I knew. So I was literally going 90 miles an hour on Highway 40 to get to Wake Med. And as soon as I pull up, I see an ambulance, just one, and I knew it was Ireland. And I basically go in there like a mad woman and go find my baby. And she tells me what happened. And for two hours, no one says anything. Um, no one would give me a straight answer about Joe. And now note, that motherfucker was my everything. Like, you know, People say that about their spouses, but I was on it. You know, we oh, were on next level stuff. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, when I met you, you know, three years ago, I mean, every couple has their stuff, but the way that you two grew over the last three years was just insane. I mean, I've never seen someone fight so hard for, uh, you know, their partner and their, and their child. And, and I mean, you guys were, I, I mean, it was, it was incredible, the connection that you had. And so, you know, to, to see that, to feel that, you know, I, I, it, it's a whole nother level. Yeah, for sure. And so that, that occurred. Um, so I was out of work for a week and a half, um, for that. Uh, Joe and I always spoke in like hypotheticals. So he, we would always talk about the future or what if. And one of the what ifs he said was, if anything happens to me, you have to go straight back to work. You, you know, especially with the industry we're in, like we have to rely on ourselves. Um, I said, I know, you know, I, I don't think I can mentally handle that. But what he didn't understand is the first week was spent on the funeral, literally nothing else. Right. And the second week is all paperwork, which nobody prepares you for. And I think that's very important that people should have a more keen understanding for what goes on when someone passes. They, they prepare you a little bit when you have a kid, but when someone leaves this earth, they don't prepare you enough. And that can mentally make you go so fucking insane. Right. If you're not grounded enough. And I mean, I, I know that, you know, I can be a, a little crazy or whatever, but. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say crazy. I would say, you know, you can, you know, you're energetic and, and I mean. Passionate. I, yeah, bad, passionate. And, and watching you, I mean, you and I talked multiple times about the amount of paperwork. I mean, I saw the binder that you carried around and it's like, you know, you're trying to work through your grief. Oh, but now you've got to deal with lawyers and this and that and the other. And it's just like. Everywhere you turn, it almost seems like an extra it's jab, something. an extra jab into the hurt that you were already experiencing to have to right. revisit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's constantly revisiting. Oh, yeah. It's, 
all it is is a constant state of revisiting the horror. But that's when you have to ask yourself, you know, are you going to let it make you? Or are you going to let it break you? And it's easy. It's so easy to give in and let it break you. But it's harder in the end if you let shit break you. If you go through the hard shit, especially while you're heartbroken and fucked up in the head and just sad and mad and you're grieving and you just, you know, all the shit. Yeah. And uh, it helps as a distraction, I will say, to get that, the ball rolling. Um, but also, it's, it's a constant, it, it also fucks you up in the head because me as a mother, and you know Ireland, just strong-ass, phenomenal kid. She's smart. She's funny. She's just so, she's the, the light. You know, she's yeah. the sun. Yeah. And for her to have to experience watching her father sacrifice himself for her due to an asshole on the road. Yeah, someone else's poor know? choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That you want to make sure that not only are you taking care of all the shit you need to take care of, but you have to make sure that she's mentally okay and, you know, not internalizing anything and getting everything out in the open so or doing whatever I can do to make sure that she doesn't go down any wrong paths when she's in her, like, late 20s. Right. So it's just, there's so much to deal with. And then on top of that, so I went back to work after a week and a half. And then from then... I worked up till February 19th. It was about two, um, two and a half, two weeks or so. Yeah. And, uh, how, how were, how was that time back? I mean, I mean, you know, the time back, I will, oh my God. So I text Sonia. Um, she recently, she had last year, her, uh, boyfriend passed away and she took, I think four weeks off. And I, I texted her the day, um, I was going back to work. I said, what do I expect? <laughs> you know, what am I going to expect? Am I going to be overwhelmed? And I, I even talked to you about it, how nervous I was coming back yeah. to work. And, you know, it's the whole anxiety of the unknown that really just boggles your mind. And, uh, but you kind of threw yourself back into it. I mean, you have to throw yourself back into it. You have to, because bills don't stop. Life does not stop. Yep. Your clients need, you know, they need you and you need them. And so the first, uh, first client I had, I was trying to get like the, the worst out of the way, I guess, as far as that goes, I knew the questions that were going to be asked. I was going to be harping. And I, I also hate when people treat me like I'm a fragile piece of glass because I'm, I'm a, I'm very much so an open book. Like what you see is what you get. And I am not a ashamed or afraid to answer any questions about myself and when people treat me like I'm, you know, like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, that pity. It's like, don't don't pity me, (laughs) you know? Uh, Treat me as you would normally. Just, if anything, like, grab me and hug me, whatever. Like, what you did. And you're like, I'm your mommy now. I was like, yes, bitch, you are my mommy now. (laughs) Yeah, I just hugged the shit out of you. Because, I mean, it's... You know, we've That's worked, what you need. Yeah, and we've worked together for so long. Like, you know, I I have only seen you, before all this, I had only ever seen you cry once. 
And you yep. would not let me hug you. You're like, I need to be in my room by myself. And you shut the door. And yeah. I was like, okay, oh, yeah, that's fine. Funny. You and Tony, you and Tony are in there. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, get out. Like, I need to cry. <laughs> yeah, I need to just, cry. And you guys yeah. need to fuck off. <laughs> so, I mean, it was kind of, so I guess, you know, from what I'm hearing, it was kind of a different experience coming back because, you know, you've always been this like very vibrant, energetic, you know, and, and you were still that, but it was almost as if it had shifted into like this different, you know, and, and and, I mean, was it, was it hard to be continuously asked that stuff or like, you know, how did you kind of work through that? You learn as a hairstylist. I mean, us as hairstylists, we have to constantly put on yeah. You know, we have to be the, hey, how are you? How's your weekend? Oh, my God. It's so great to see you. You know, yeah. it's your work normal voice. shit. Yeah. Like, it's your work voice. But, I mean, I genuinely mean it to my clients. I genuinely mean that, like, put on whatever. Because I'm not about to go and be like, hey, guys, my life sucks right now. I fucking hate everyone and everything. And I just want to blow up. You know, you can't <laughs> do that. Like, for, especially as a as a hairstyle who is a small business owner that does not look good right um so i always got to keep myself in check no matter what and the most it was overwhelming for sure because every single client i had for those however many weeks um i was doing before (laughs) the next thing (laughs) was they asked the whole story the fucking details and so i would have like 30 clients that week and I would go through and repeat the whole thing over and over again, how it happened, where it happened, who this guy is, blah, 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 blah. What Ireland, you know, this, that, and the other, and how am I doing, blah, blah, blah. What do I need? Like, it's just the same thing for every person. And that's totally natural. Everybody has genuine concern. It's, you know, they're giving their condolences and they do genuinely care. So they want to know. And I don't, and so I feel, I wanted to tell them. And I also not only want to tell them because they deserve to know, but it eventually desensitizes you a little bit. And that was okay um, at that moment in time because the more desensitized you get, it just kind of flows out of your mouth. You don't have to really stop and think and so I can kind of do it, do hair, throw some foils in, talk about it. And then at the end of the day, I, I get in my car after leaving all my, my workmates, and you just say my goodbyes, I love you, this, that, and the other, get in the car, and then I would just straight up cry. I would bawl. And, like, every time I got in there, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah. And my outlet for that, because therapy, Ireland did therapy, and so did I. Ireland, she's not ready for it, I don't think. Um, and I have always been good at therapy, like talking to people. Um, and taking in different tools to use for coping mechanisms or whatever I'm going through. But the best thing for me was jujitsu. I love jujitsu. That was me, Joe, and Ireland's thing, you know, over a year ago that we started it. And we just gained this whole family and this whole, like, brotherhood network from, you know, the folks at Team Reigns and... I had their, you know, I, I would go in after feeling like that in my car crying um, while like blasting metal because it, that, that, that helped. Yeah. And, uh, but it's a crazy combination to look at. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
if anyone like sees me in my car and I'm like listening to suicide silence like on 30 and I'm just hysterical. <laughs> just sobbing <laughs> driving down the <laughs> Look, I can't say I haven't done it. <laughs> and that's why like Right. Exactly. Any, anytime I see someone like crying in their car, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to judge them because I have no idea what they're going oh. through. Like, Oh, I always look at them. I'm like, oh, baby, I am so sorry. I yeah. just wish I could get out of my car and like give them a tip. <laughs> be like, are you okay? <laughs> like, come here, you. Yeah. I'll hold you. Yeah. I mean, that was your, that's yeah, how you coped. So, yeah. Oh, it is. And then just the coping mechanisms are all fucking weird and all the shit that, you know. So I like having that do my work, go from work to jujitsu. Um, learn all the drills and then do the rolling, you know, grappling. And um, a lot of people don't understand what jujitsu is. It's not karate. So it's not punches it's not kicks, fighting. It's all grappling. I mean, it, it's uh, submitting. It's all ground fighting. Yeah. And um, so, which comes into play a little bit later. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're choking out, you're doing arm bars, you know, kimuras leg lock, all sorts of shit that can really fuck you up without you having to make someone bloody per se. And, uh, so it was good to get my aggression out. It was so good to get my aggression out doing that. And I noticed I was getting better and better. I was super proud of myself. And like, I was just focusing all of my grief into that and all of the shit from work, like all the people that, would ask about the situation. I fuck it up at jujitsu. You know, it felt great. Joe wanted, he wanted me to do that. He wanted me to have that fire about it. And I, I do, but so that was a good from, you know, two, three weeks, I guess, uh, after the incident and then, or the accident, not incident. And then on February 19th, (laughs) which was a Wednesday, if I remember correctly, you are correct. Yeah, because that's my favorite. That's my favorite class. I love my Wednesday class. I had come in to your room. I guess it was like three o'clock because you leave early on Wednesdays, and I come into your room, and I could see it in your face, and you're like, "I just need to go to jujitsu," and I just yeah. I, you had been have. It was probably one of the roughest days you had had since you had been yes. back to work, and and I remember you telling me like, "I just got to go beat some ass at." at jujitsu. Yes. And I was like, yes. you get it, girl. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. And then the Ooh, next morning. And then so the next morning. I, yeah. I'm in my room. Oh, fucking <laughs> I'm and in my room. Like a- and Tony comes in, he's like, So have you heard about Jillian? I'm like, oh God, not this again. Cause we literally just went through this. Like yeah. where someone comes to my room and I'm working on a client and they're like, Oh, have you heard about John? I'm like, Oh my God, what now? No more about Jillian. Yeah, dude. So then, um, I'm doing my class started at seven 30 at night or I'm sorry, seven fifteen, And I do my hour of drilling, having a great time, learning a lot. And then the last hour is, um, Randori. So it's live rolling, live sparring, whatever you want to call it. So live rolling, <clears throat> I went with two or three people. I went with my professor. Um, and then I went with someone else after that. And then the third person, I went with this new guy, uh, which I should have known better because white belt. And I mean, I can't say shit. I'm a white belt, right. but I'm 
you know, I've been in it for a while, not to be spastic, but this dude had no fucking clue what he was doing. He was a military guy, probably his third time being in class. So we rolled together and, you know, I'm doing great. I'm getting him in submissions and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm super proud of myself. And then this dude just freak accident, like gets up and spins his, you know, tries to get his leg around my arm and then snap fucking elbow breaks. It shatters, <sighs> shatters. And I didn't, you know, since Joe passed away, <clears throat> I guess my central nervous system has been all fucked up. So I, uh, I didn't feel it. Like I, any heavy pain aside from like little annoyances, like headaches or aches, I have not been able to really feel. So you're like, Oh, um, is there something wrong? <laughs> dude, I looked, I looked at him and I was like, are you okay? Cause I heard a loud pop <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, are you all right? And he's like, are you okay? And I look down and my shit is all fucked up. Like it's all like, like, what? I know. I've never broken and a I'm bone like, and I think I would freak out. <laughs> oh my God. And so I like immediately, I look at down at my arm and I, I said, oh, fuck. And then I looked up at my professor and I said, Scott, help. <laughs> and I'm laying on my belly and my arm is kind of you know down in front of me, in front of my head. And I couldn't move it. And I'm not freaking out. Everyone else around me is like, oh my God, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, everything's fine. Just, I just call me an ambulance. Right. I'm very calm about it. And because, uh, I mean, what else can you do? Freak out? Yeah. No. <laughs> Fuck freaking out. I had too much freaking out. I mean, at that point, so, I feel like you have already experienced the, the most pain that any person can go through. So, you know, what's what's shattering yeah. your elbow? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not shit. So I, uh, I go ahead and I am directing you know, some people. I'm like, okay, you go into my gym bag, get my cell phone, bring it over here. And then I call my parents because they're right down the road from um, the jujitsu school. And I ring up my parents because they were watching Ireland while I was in class. And my mom answered. She's like, hey, baby. I said, hey, I hear Scott talking <laughs> So Scott's like, hey, I have Jill here. She, uh, there's an accident, and we think she might have broken her arm. And my mom's like, what? <laughs> Freaking out, like, my baby. And I'm like, mom, it's okay. Just tell Dave to get here ASAP. And so Dave, my dad, he is hilarious. He is a, a, like a nightly stoner. So at that time is when he uh, was partaking in his <laughs> nightly ritual. And <laughs> then he has to come to the school and I'm laying there on my belly. My arm is obviously, obviously like it's broken and dislocated at the same time. And then he's like, he comes in he's well, why'd you do that? Like, shut up. Shut up and take me to the hospital. (laughs) Like, can you just not, can you not? And then it was like, well, let me look at the other one to make sure. I'm like, Dave, it's, it's totally, don't, don't worry. I just need you to take me to wake med. So we get to Wake Med. I, at this point, I am in a wooden, I have a wood, a piece of wood underneath my arm to kind of immobilize it. And I have a white belt around my neck and around it. I'm coming in from like in my, from my, my Nogi class where I'm like all spandex pretty much. And I'm like roughed up. Like, Hey, I uh, broke my arm, I think. And I, uh, I just need someone to, 
to see me, I guess. And it was fully packed. Luckily, I knew the girl at the front desk, and she's like, all right, come on, let's go right back through. I go straight back into the uh, emergency or where the beds are, whatever. And they immediately start to begin to, to take x-rays, and, and that shit hurt so bad. I Trying to move it like, for the x-rays, yeah. Oh, my God. It felt what? Well, it didn't hurt as much as it was, like, nasty because you can feel the bones move in and out of the joint. So I was in the hospital from 9.30 to 4.30 in the morning. Jeez. Did um, they do surgery that night? You know, they did it uh, the following week. So the thing that really fucked me up was, because, like, you know, I'm trying to do the grieving thing, too, <laughs> And this just happens, and I'm like, oh, I'm also a hairstylist, and I have to use my fucking arms. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, how am I going to? Yeah, so this is, like, not only was I out for that, I was out for this. I'm going to be out for this because, I, you know, my shit's shattered, and I'm trying every fucking way to think about how I can do hair with a broken elbow, and you, you just can't. So I couldn't even put on a bra without having help. <laughs> so, so they're like, you dislocated it, and the piece of the bone that keeps the elbow in, in place is shattered. So we're gonna when we relocate it, we're gonna have to put you in a, a hard a hard splint or whatever. But okay, and they said, but we're gonna put you under uh, what is it called? Ketamine? I don't know. Pain medicine. Special K, apparently on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> So they're like, this is what we're going to give you. They immediately gave me liquid Xanax and morphine in a drip. So I was already fucked up. And I was like, okay, guys, I just want to warn you that I have been roofied before. (laughs) And uh, I can withstand it. So I don't know if this is going to work. And they're like, no, it'll work. It'll be fine. We'll monitor you. Okay. I don't want to feel it being like relocated. So they said, you might have some weird dreams. Yeah. I remember texting you that week after. And, like, the text, (laughs) I was just like, all right, I'm just going to give her some time because none of this is making sense. (laughs) None of it is making sense. It was just, like, run-on sentences. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever was in my thought, my my head at the time. Yeah, so they said I would have, like, a weird dream. Get in a happy spot. And I'm like, all right. I don't have any happy spots left right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. My happy spot is just my daughter. And I'm worried about her. So... Of course, I think of Joe, and I say, right before you go under, you know, what makes you happy? Joe. And then um, I had a dream of I was Joe, and it was so fucking weird because, like, it was so real. I was him. Like, I felt him. I felt his texture. I felt his breath. I felt the the beard, his hair, smelt everything, and just his mannerisms and his, you know, the moisture on his lips and the moisture on his nose, like everything. I just, I was in it and I was him and we were driving down Bethlehem Road in the dream and Ireland, she was, you know, I heard Ireland's name. She, you know, I was, it, it was fucked. It was like she you goes, were him in the accident. I was him in the accident. Yes. So I hear Ireland say, Daddy, watch out. I hear him say, oh, shit. And I, as him, turned the vehicle to take the impact. And as soon as, and I felt the impact. And I think that impact was them relocating the bone, the ulna. And then they said that I was 
they thought I was in a lot of pain because they said I was crying uncontrollably or sobbing uncontrollably. And uh, then I guess I had explained to them what happened and they were just like, oh, fuck, you know. Um, God's like, great. So that really Let me relive this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that, the only thing I can get out of that part with the dream was me being, or as Joe, whatever you want to call it, I don't, I don't know. Um, he had no sense of fear. He wasn't scared. It was just a matter of being a protector. And yeah. a hero, which, he, which he, oh my God. Yeah. And so that, in effective ways, what gives me the most comfort is that he wasn't scared. Yeah. So then I'm out of work for, so I break, I break my arm, don't have surgery till the following week. And then they're like, well, you uh, can't go back to work for, you know, six weeks. I'm like, dude, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I have to make money. Yeah. Rent still due. You know, I still have shit I have to take care of. But. And also for your sanity. Like, for your, like, yeah. you're a very social person at work. You know, you you need right. that creative momentum and, and the social aspect and the, you know, all of it. Yes. Your out, that's Absolutely. your outlet. It is my outlet. Oh my, and I love, and this whole experience has taught me that how much I really do love what I do yeah, and how I will never give up on it. And so just being out that many weeks between the accident and then me breaking my elbow. And as soon as I got the clearance to go back to work, <laughs> they're like, you know, the, the, the state shuts down yeah. the salon. So COVID-19 like, oh, is here. <laughs> like literally the week that you were supposed to come back, they're like, okay, um, COVID-19 is here. You're all closed for six weeks again. And I'm over here, like, I've never, I can't even handle a week off of work without going insane. And I'm on week eight, all right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know, what, with the COVID stuff, it's unprecedented. I mean, I've been out of work now for um, four and a half weeks. And, you know, so for me, it's like, I can barely stand four and a half weeks. So I can't even imagine, I mean, and then, you know, having to deal with the pain and the emotional hardships. I mean, so... I mean, what has kept you motivated through everything? I mean, I know you mentioned your daughter, Ireland, you know, and, and being the best you can be for her. Uh, but I mean, what, if, what are you doing to stay sane? You know, what, what are some tips and tricks that you've utilized? The main thing that has kept me going insane is, is, is Joe, is the shit he saw in me, the different he saw some stuff in me that I, I've never seen in myself, no matter what. And, uh, I see it. The goals I, I had for myself, um, which I've always had very strong goals. I'm a very goal oriented person. You know, I always say that I, at some point I'm going to make a million dollars a year and, and I will, (laughs) but it's just eventually, but he was like, okay, how would you get there? And so it was that type of relationship well, this is your goal. Well, how are you going to get there? Well, you know, make an outline of how I would get there with different things that I, I could do to be at that point. And uh, all of his, he was the strongest motherfucker I, I know. Um, and just to fight through anything and come out on the other side, being even more of a badass. And he's my inner monologue and that helped 
a bunch. But, you know, you say that you say that Joe's the strongest person you know and that he saw things in you that you couldn't see for yourself, but I also see those things in you. And I have from day one. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, is there competition? And, you know, you two work near each other and blah, blah, blah. And you and I have very similar personalities and very similar ways that we interact with our clients. And I said, no. First of all, we're totally different. But secondly, you have a way of handling things uh, that I, I, I don't, that's very different from me. Like you just go for it and, and, and kind of just, you will do whatever it takes to get it done. You know, whether it's going back to work or taking care of your daughter, whatever it is. And I've seen that in you from day one. I mean, I remember you, you hustled to pay pay off all your debt. I mean, so it's not just Joe that sees that in you. I see, when I look at you, I see a fighter. I see a friend. I see a leader. I see Aww, an inspiration. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being real. Like, they're, I know. They're, you are very, very special. You're special to me and you're special to the world. And, and you have this very unique sense about you that you just, you motivate me and you know when when Joe passed, I mean, I oh my god, I've never I've never experienced anything like that. I've never lost someone, cl- you know, close to me really, other than you know like elderly grandparents or people who were you know terminally ill. And you know, I had met Joe on multiple occasions. You know, we all all, all of us kind of ran in the same crowd. You know, shared tattoo artist, and I've never experienced grief like that. And it, re- yep. I mean, it it messed me up for, for months. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just her friend. I can't even, you know, if this is how I'm feeling, I, you know, and like I said, it, it was it was really hard for me. And I, and like I said, I've never, I've never experienced that. So for me, it was really easy to look to you and say, okay, well, th- you know, this is what Jillian's doing and this is how she's moving through it. And, you know, I, you know, I just got to focus on work and focus on these other things and, so that for me was, you know, I was able to look for you and then you're finding, you know, your inner, your inner strength and your inner Joe, uh, right. speaking to you. I mean, and like I said, we've talked about this, but I think most people would have let every, you know, all of this break them. You know, some people may experience losing a partner or breaking a bone or whatever, especially people in the service industry, but I've never met anyone who's had it all back to back to back. And so the fact that you're like, okay, when can I go back to work? I'm like, oh my God, I, I want whatever she's got. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. that that drive and that motivator. And it's not, it's not just money. You know what I mean? Like, of, of no. course we all want to go back to work and make money. But for you, it, it's almost just like you're channeling that inner strength that maybe you didn't know you had before Joe passed, you know? Or for sure. You're, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like that that inner fire that inner passion and you know i see that fire got ignited for sure yeah i mean it was it was always there it just kind of you know blew up after all this right like i always had the the, the the tools i guess i just didn't have the confidence i guess because of the fact that we were so young when we got together and he took care of everything so without him i had to kind of be like what the how do i start and i just did i i immediately that's when i got my my Joe binder, I call it. And that's when I started getting everything in order. And then on top of that, you know, because there's a, like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you can't go close out a bank account to someone who had just passed away with a death certificate. You have to go 
to the fucking courthouse and get this, that, and the other, then you have to go back and you have to say, please, can you please shut this bank account? Right. And, you know, there's so much, and that's just one instance. It took six hours. So I have no no chill. (laughs) And I think that's another thing that has kind of helped me through this is because I am, I am ADD as fuck. So luckily my brain will go this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. And that has helped big time, but mainly my goals um, have helped motivate me the most through all this. I love my clients. I fucking love doing hair. And, and you're good you know, I think it. we get a girl thing. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's always been one of the, a passion of mine, uh, even as a little kid, like that. All I did was just fuck with my hair, my friend's hair, all that. And, uh, to me, it's more than just a career or then one of those, like, I think I'm going to do hair one day because it seems easy. Right. No, no, no. It's, no. <laughs> so, you know, that my daughter and my future with, you know, every, I, when she's in college, I'll be 38 years old. So I'll still be super young at that point. That's when I want to do, you know, be an educator or something like that. I'm going to travel more, you know, do stuff for regarding hair. It, so that's, I'm setting that off to the future, but I still have to work to that point. Yeah. Um, You've got a clear vision. And that can't, yeah. And that can't stop. So, and I, right now I don't want to be an educator because she's 11 and, I, uh, I want to be there for her as much as I can, um, until she gets, you know, ew, mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's coming <laughs> a couple more years. <laughs> right. Right. So she, she's definitely another motivation. There's just, you know, there's so many different, there's so many different things or different layers that make me want to keep going, even though, even though I thought I couldn't go. Like I always said before, if anything happened, anything happened to Joe, I would die. Um, but you don't get that luxury when, uh, you know, your spouse passes. You don't, you don't, it's to anybody that it hasn't happened to. It's really like, you know, you think this thing and you don't know, like, it makes you, your heart stop. And then, but until it happens, you don't know what you're faced with. And you have to give it your all, especially if you just, if you, if you want to be better in general, like you can't stop. You have to get shit taken care of. You have to avenge what he wanted, like all this, that, and the other. Well, and it's, and I think one of the most important things you said was it's a choice between letting it make you or break you. And it's a conscious choice every day. I mean, every day is different, you know, and, and you're never going to, that grief and that sadness never really goes away, but it nope. love starts to creep in a little bit in, in its place, I think. And it is a choice. And I think every single day you're, you're choosing, okay, these are my goals today. You know, this is who I want to be in the world today. And, and you have to choose it. You do have to choose it. Yeah, you have to, because no one else is going to do it for you. No one else is going to do this no. work for you. Right, because everybody, everybody will... Life has to go on no matter what. Like right. mortgage is still going to be due. You know, they don't care. And, and things have to be done in a timely fashion. 
And you still have to worry about your clients to make sure that their priorities are, are still number one because right. you know, that's your fucking bread and butter. And that's something that, and I also, one thing I do love about doing hair is the relationships I have built. Oh, yeah. With my clients, you know, and, and my and hairstylists. I've never been one to be like a catty hairstylist. I think we're all fantastic in what we do. And, you know, I had such a great support system, or I still do, um, with all of you guys. And then, you know, my, my jujitsu fam and my, you know, my parents, my daughter, everybody that it really, that was a big thing for me was, um, I didn't know the reach I had or that Joe had until this happened. Absolutely. You are 100% supported. I mean, and it's just crazy how people do show up when you really need them. And they it, do. And that meant the world to me. And the way that you need them. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, you know, right when Joe passed, I, you know, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to, you know, reach out to her and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, wait a second. Like, that's not me. I'm the right. friend who comes in, you know, a couple months down the road when everyone else has kind of faded away. I'm like, okay, now See, what? that's great. But that's who yeah, I that's am. The thing. And everyone plays a smart. different role in that in that grieving process. And, and you know, there's some people who feel the need to be there right away or, or be the hero or whatever. And so I'm so there's happy. There's a lot of that hero complex. Yeah, absolutely. That annoys the shit out of me <laughs> when it comes to this. Everybody wants to, not everybody, but certain types of personalities want to come in and they want to make themselves seem better on someone else's unfortunate situation. And it's fucked up, but, you know, everybody has something, I guess. Yeah. And But that that's the one thing that annoys me and uh, is, is just that hero complex that people have. Um, luckily, it hasn't been any of my clients. <laughs> They all know what's up, yeah. though. They know me. Yeah. But they, I have the most support with them. Fuck, they were so incredible. And, you know, my salon mates, so incredible. It just really helped me and put things in a whole new light. And you never forget. You never, you, you never forget what you had. I'm lucky enough to have had 12 years with such an amazing force you know, and, uh, I'm fortunate and I have to keep thinking that I can't keep thinking of like, he's not here right now. Right. Like, well, Jillian, you, you got to experience some shit that people don't get in a lifetime. Oh yeah, and absolutely. And, and although it was cut short and it's not fair, you know, girl, at least you got it and be grateful for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Be grateful for it. And that's, that's the biggest thing is people take everything for granted and you shouldn't do that. And we should all work a little better on not taking the, the random things for granted. Like I, I've done that with a lot of my friends that I've seen after all this. Like they would be arguing with their spouse over whatever. And I'm like, you know what? It's Cherish that argument. Yeah. Cherish that fucking last thing, that little, you know, bitchy comment they said. Let it roll off. Just laugh at it and roll off and give them a kiss because you are not promised tomorrow. Yeah. And if you're here, make it make your impact on this planet. That's what we should all do. We don't, you know, we should all make an impact in this world. And I think if we all did that and we all had that mindset, dude, there's so much 
greatness that could occur. Oh, yeah. 100% agree on that one. But you, you got to have balance. You know, the yin to the yang. You know, there's yeah. good, there's bad. But if everybody tried a little bit more, it would be... Yeah, fuck your selfishness, fuck <laughs> your, you know, all, all that shit. Yeah. Get out, be grateful. I guess, like, what is the one piece of advice that you would give other service providers, whether it's hairstylist or, you know, nail techs, massage, bartenders, anyone that's an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them when they're facing, whether it's the, the COVID-19 stuff or the loss of a friend or a partner? I mean, what's what would you what would you tell them? shit on a business aspect i would tell them don't worry if (laughs) if they like you enough to come see you all the time they'll wait for you and uh if you take care of them they'll take care of you with your clients as far as mentally trying to deal with it the only advice i'd be able to give is you gotta feel to heal don't shy away the fucked up thoughts, man. Like don't, don't bury them. Don't internalize them. It sucks to deal with. It really, it really fucking sucks. And the hurt, it sucks, but it helps you grow. So if you can just identify what those feelings are, cause it's new, it's very new, but then it happens constantly. So once you identify, then you can help yourself cope. You can find different tools, but don't give up even when you want to give up the most. And that sounds so cliche, but... But you got to feel your feelings. You got to go through it to get to the other side. You know, and after that happened, I I was, you know, didn't... I, I would drink maybe... I, I wasn't drinking like to, to not feel or, you know, that guilt that you would have. I remember when I felt guilty about having credit card debt, not telling him like I, that shit thought that ate at me. And so this, it will eat at you hardcore. And you just have to feel, you have to go through this. You have to have that horrible pit in your stomach and you might do some stupid shit. Like I know I, after all this happened, like, I drove past the the site of the accident and then since that fucker's shit is on public record, I, you know, drove past his house and just sat there and was like, this is where you get to sleep. Yeah. So it's, that's very toxic and I will never do that again. But (laughs) No, that's just like pushing yourself (laughs) deeper into the hole. But you know, I think like, you also have self-control to like, you know, be like, and, and to recognize like, okay, this isn't healthy. Let me shift into something that is, you know, and, you know, I see you in Ireland have been doing, spending lots of time together and, and trying to yeah. get outside. And, you know, I think that's really important. And, you know, like you said, to, to just be okay with where you're at and never lose sight yeah. of your vision to just, you know, especially like for during this COVID-19 stuff, I mean, I've never oh, yeah. been out of work this long and and some days are better than others and some days I'm like, okay, Laura, like you just have to be okay. Like maybe you don't work out today. Maybe you sit on your ass and play Animal Crossing for 10 hours and that's okay because that's what I need. Yeah, it's totally okay. But I don't let it run me. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not, I can't let that run me forever. Uh, and so- No, you know, you want to hear something, what I've been doing, honestly. So since 
definitely the COVID-19 and I've not been able to go and do shit. Um, I've been trying to like make my own fun and yeah. I'm, I'm homeschooling my child and I, academics are very important to us. Very, 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 like I graduated two years early in high school because of, you know, academics have always been a top right. priority. So I, I'm, me and Joe were that way with Ireland as well. So I want to, you know, have a, a whole curriculum for her that I have her do, blah, 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 blah. But my spare time for me to have my, I call it my thinking time. I go out and uh, <laughs> I have tied beer cans to um, the tree in the backyard. <laughs> There's like a fuck ton. There. <laughs> and I have like different angles of it. I've just been pinging it with a BB gun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, wh- <laughs> whatever you got to do, you know? whatever you got to do that's, you know, not self-destructive, but that, that helps you release right. that stuff, you know. And I can honestly say nothing I've done has been super self-destructive in this whole madness. And that's awesome. I just. I've been trying to focus on making sure that when I get back to work, things are going to be 10 and two. I can't wait to see my clients. I will never complain again about some bitch <laughs> who's complaining that someone stepped on. Yeah. Right. Like you, I will never complain. Cause I'm like, Oh, please tell me all those details. I have to hear it. <laughs> I've been locked up in prison for like yeah. eight weeks or yeah. more since, you know, but I, I'm very grateful this experience has sucked royally. It really, 2020 can just kick rocks, but it has given me a whole new perspective on things. And I'm very grateful for that. That's the, that's the upside I can say about 2020 is I can, you know, show more gratitude in other places. Yeah. That maybe you weren't. Yeah. And also I think as hairstylists, we take in um, a lot of our clients issues, onto herself. And then that resonates and it, 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 it wears you down. Yeah. It fucking wears you down. And I feel like that I would take home with me and I would just be like, Oh, and I need to decompress and blah, 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 blah. But now I'm channeling that differently. It's going to be a whole new type of thing. It's going to be like, well, they're, they need it to get off their chest. You can't take shit personal. Really. You can't yeah. take it to heart. You can't fix the world. Only you can only control what is in your reach. Yep. If it's out of your reach, you can't worry about it. So I mean that's that's the I can't wait to return to work with that new attitude that I have. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see your smiling face every day again. Oh my God, just, I'm gonna give you all the love in the world. I you know, there's I, I hear your laugh and it just brings me so much joy. And I can hear you all the way down at the other end of the hallway. <laughs> Right, because I'm loud. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I'm not loud. My, my clients are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. So we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you, Jillian, for being here with me and for sharing, you know, everything that you have to offer this world. And, you know, uh, just love on your people and tell them that you're grateful for them. And, you know, thanks, guys, for tuning in. And we will catch you next time. 